Tell me who had believed, had believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. There had come to Smith Wigglesworth house two lads from Wales. They were just ordinary lads, but they had become very zealous for God. They came to the mission and saw the works of Smith and God. They said to Smith, we would not be surprised if the Lord brings you down to Wales to raise our Lazarus. They explained that the leader of their assembly was a man who had spent his days working in a tin mine and his nights preaching, and the result was that he had collapsed gone into consumption, and we call that tuberculosis. And for four years, he had been a helpless invalid, having to be fed with a spoon. While praying one day, the Lord said to Smith, I want you to go down and raise Lazarus. So he told the brother who was with him, and then he sent a postcard. He said, when I was up on the mountain today, God told me that I was to go and raise Lazarus. He addressed the postcard to the man in the place, whose name had been given to them by the two lads. When they arrived at the place, Smith went to the man to whom he had sent the card. The man looked at Wigglesworth and said, Did you send this? And Smith said, Yes, I did. The man said, Do you think we believe in this? And he threw the postcard back at him. The man called a servant and said, Take this man and show him Lazarus. Then he said to Wigglesworth, The moment you see him, you will be ready to go home and nothing will hold you here. Smith said that everything that that man said was true from the natural viewpoint. He said the man was helpless. He was nothing but a mass of bones with skin stretched over them. There was no life in that man to be seen. Everything spoke of decay. Wigglesworth said to the man in the bed, will you shout? Remember that Jericho, the people shouted while the walls were still up. God has a light victory for you if you will only believe. But he could not get that man to believe. There was not an atom of faith in him. He had made up his mind not to have anything. Smith shares it is a blessed thing to learn that God's word can never fail. Notice he didn't look at the man's words. He only looked at what God told him. Never hearken to human plans. God can work mightily when you persist, persist in believing him in spite of discouragements from the human standpoint. When Smith got back to the man to whom he had sent the postcard, the man asked him, are you ready to go now? And this is what Smith answered him. He said, I am not moved by what I see. He said, I am not, I'm moved only by what I believe. I know this. No man looks at appearances if he believes. No man considers how he feels when he believes. The man who believes has it. There were difficult conditions in that Welch village, and it seemed impossible to get people to pray. Ready to go home, Smith was asked. Then a man and woman there asked him to come and stay with them. And Wigglesworth said, I want to know how many of you people can pray. He said, no one wanted to pray. He asked, if I could get seven people to pray with me for this man's deliverance. He said, I will count on you two, and there is my friend here that makes four. We need three others. 
Smith told the people that he trusted, and listen to this, that some of them would awaken to their privilege, their privilege, and come in the morning and join in prayer for the raising of Lazarus. Smith said it would never do any good to give away to human opinions. If God says a thing, you have to believe it. Smith told the people that he would not eat anything that night. When he got in bed, it seemed as if the devil had tried to place on him everything that was on that man. He said that uh, when Smith awoke, he had a cough, and he had all the weakness of a tuberculosis patient. He rolled out of bed onto the floor and cried out to God to deliver him from the power of the devil. He shouted loud enough to wake up everybody in the house, but nobody was disturbed. God gave the victory, and he got back in bed again as free as he ever was in his life. At 5 o'clock in the morning, God awakened him and said, Don't break bread until you break it with me round my table. And at 6 a.m., God gave him these words, And I will raise him up. At 8, when they went to the house where Lazarus lived, there were eight people there ready to pray. Smith Wigglesworth was delighted and said, Nobody can prove to him that God does not always answer prayer. He always does more than that. He always gives the exceeding abundant above all we ask or think. Amen. Wigglesworth shared how he will never forget how the power of God fell on them as they went into that sick man's room. They circled round the bed. Smith got one brother to hold one man of the sick man's hands, and he held the other. And they each grabbed each other's hands with the person next to him. He said, we are not going to pray. Did you hear that? We are not going to pray. We are only going to use the name of Jesus. And they all knelt down, and they began to whisper that name, Jesus. Jesus. The power of God fell, and the power of God lifted. Five times, the power of God fell, and then it remained. But the person who was in the bed was unmoved. Two years previously, someone had come along and tried to raise him up, and the devil had used that lack of success as a means of discouraging him. Smith said, I don't care what the devil says. If God says he'll raise you up, he will raise you up. Forget everything else except what God says about Jesus. The sixth time the power fell, and the sick man's lips began moving, and the tears began to fall. Wigglesworth said to him, The power of God is here. It is yours to accept it. The man replied, I have been bitter in my heart, and I know I have grieved the Spirit of God. Here I am helpless. I cannot lift my hands nor even lift a spoon to my mouth. And Smith said, Repent, and God will hear you. The man repented and cried out, Oh God, let this be to thy glory. As he said that, the power of God went right through him. Wigglesworth will tell you that he will never tell a story except as it is, for he knows that God will not bless exaggeration. He said, as they prayed, Jesus, 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 the bed shook and the man shook. He said to the people, you can all go downstairs right away. This is all God. I'm not even going to assist him. Smith sat and watched that man get up out of bed and dress himself. They sang as they went down the stairs, and Wigglesworth said to him, Now, tell what happened. 
It was soon noised all abroad that Lazarus had been raised up, and the people came from Laoni and all the district round about to hear him and hear his testimony. God brought salvation to many with that one man's miracle. This man told right out in the open air what God had done, and as a result, many were convicted and converted. All this came through the name of Jesus, through faith in his name. As it says in Acts, the faith that is by him gave this sick man perfect soundness in the presence of them all. Now, has this story ministered any faith to you? It does me every time I consider it. While we're listening to the Water of Life boys, use that faith that has been brought up through this story. And make 
begin with prayer. Father, I thank you. Father, let the power of my Lord be great. Father, I stand before you and ask, let the power of my Lord be great and grant us repentance. Grant us repentance. That you open our eyes that we can see. That you turn us from darkness to light from the power of Satan under God. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to deviate just a little bit. I have been preaching on Mondays the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. The actual events. But today the Lord has been leading me to share with you how I put those events to work in my life. And I want to lay just a little bit of groundwork first. I'm going to start in 1 Corinthians 15. I'd like you to join me because I want you to see something. I'm going to begin in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Paul declared the gospel. Which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Do you know you can believe and it be in vain? Verse 3, here's what I want to show you. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Also received. You know that word receives means make it my own. To make it my own. Do you know that you can know every detail of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and it not do a thing for you? Not do a thing. You have to take it as your own. You have to believe it. You know, when I first came here, frankly, the word believe to me was nothing. It brought nothing in me but frustration. I heard, I believe, you got to believe, believe this, believe that, believe this, believe this, believe that. And you know, that word to me meant nothing. It was like an empty word and it only brought frustration when I heard it. It got to the point I didn't even want to hear it anymore because I didn't know what it meant to believe. And like I've shared with you before, I always want to know why. Well, how? How do we believe? Now, I want us to go to John 10, 34. I came across this verse one day, and I can't tell you what this verse did for me. It settled something in me forever. Or John 10, verse 34. Jesus said unto them, Is it not written in your law, I said you are God's? Now, there's something that Jesus says in here. That'll absolutely help us. He, if he called them God, unto whom the word of the Lord came. Now look at this. And the scripture cannot be broken. Jesus said, this is Jesus. He said the scripture cannot be broken. Cannot be. This is the savior of the world saying the scripture cannot be broken. Do you know what that means for us? That means we can trust in it. That means we can rely on it. That means we can hang on to it. And you know what that means? Amen. That means to believe. That's what it means. John 17, 17. I'm not going to go there, but I'm going to read it to you. Sanctify. This is Jesus again talking, and he's talking to the Father. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus said, thy word is truth. You can trust. 
You can put your confidence in. You can rely on what this word says. You know there's nothing else that we can do that with? There is not a man we can rely on. There is not a government we can rely on. There is not a place we can rely on. But it, Jesus says here, we can rely on the word of God. Now, oh, I'm going to go to Mark 1. For years, we would come, when I was in this ministry, for years, we would come here. And Doyle, a prophet and apostle, would start out with, turn to Mark 1.14. And the eyes would roll. Here we go again. Day after day, service after service, he would start here. And you know, it took day after day and service after service till I got it. Till I got it. You know, I, I want to encourage you to take these programs that we do and listen to them over and over again because they're anointed. They're not us. They're the Spirit of God speaking through us. Listen to them over and over and over again because it's going to take over and over and over again. Now, verse 14. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. What is the kingdom of God? 1 Corinthians 4.20 tells you that the kingdom of God is power. Power. The power is at hand. Do you see that? The power is at hand. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. What did I just show what believe was? Believe is to rely on. It's to trust in. It's to hang on to. It's to put your confidence in. The gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection. Now. Knowing that, I want you to go to Isaiah 53. I was in a position in Frisco years ago where we had no money. I mean, if we got the bills paid, it was a joyous time. And I needed God's prosperity. I needed God to help us. I wasn't going to look to anything else because I'd been coming here and I heard the gospel. I heard that Jesus died. I heard that he was buried. I heard he was rose again. I heard it over and over and over again. But I had to believe it. I had to make it my own. I had to use it. And this is how God led me to use it. Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And this next part is what I want us to see. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. The chastisement. The punishment, the correction for our peace was upon Jesus. Do you know what that word peace means? You ought to look it up sometime. You ought to break out that concordance someday and look it up. Do you know what peace means? It means prosperity. It means welfare. It means peace. It means everything you need to have a good life. It means prosperity. The punishment to get our peace, Jesus took. In the next verse, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians 8, 9. These are verses that God ministered to me through this ministry, and he ministered to me at home alone. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor on the cross. In the gospel, that you through his poverty might be rich. Now, I'm an English teacher. Might's not in the translations. 
that you be rich. Now, what do I do with those verses? What do I do with the word of God? Because Jesus said, the word of God cannot be broken. You can't break the scriptures. They won't change. You can hang on to them. God gave me a very practical situation, event, that taught me how to believe God. I was working in a grocery store at the time as a sign maker. And what I was hired for was I made all the signs in the stores. This was before printers. Everything had to be made by hand. And I was hired because I had a very nice handwriting professional, and that's what I was paid for. If there were a lot of signs, I worked a lot of hours, I made a lot of money. If there were no signs, I didn't work any hours, I made no money. God stuck me in a situation that I had to believe in. So I was there, and that week there was very little signage, and I needed some money. So I remember I left the house, and I said, you know what? I am determined, determined to see this gospel work. And as I drove to work, I reminded myself, Jesus bore the chastisement for my peace. My poverty was born on Jesus that I might be rich. The chastisement on my peace, my prosperity was bought by Jesus on the cross. Said that the whole way into the store. Walked in the store, said it to myself the whole way upstairs. Jesus became poor that I'd be rich. Jesus became poor that I might be rich. They saw me muttering as I went up the stairs. I went up to my, I had an office area where I did all the signage. I got my clipboard. I went back downstairs. My job was to go to each individual department and ask them whatever signs they needed, and I would make them go upstairs, make them bring them back down. So I went to each of the departments. The first department, do you need any signs? No. Second department, do you need any signs? No, don't need any today. Third department, do you need any signs? Ah, I need these two little ones, little ones. Went to the produce department. I'd go to the produce department every time I went there. The produce department was kind of interesting. The produce department had a lot of signage, a lot. In fact, the whole width of one wall was covered with these big signs. Took a lot of time to make. Covered with them. Every table was covered with signs. They, needed, they, they did signs all the time. I went up to him. I said, can I do any signs for you today? And I got the same answer as I always got. I don't want you doing my signs. I'll do my own signs. Thank you very much. Leave me alone. That man did not like me at all. And he would never let me do any of his signage. Fine. Went to the next department. No signs. Went to the next department. No signs. Between each individual department. Now listen to me. I would be talking to myself. Jesus died. He was buried. He rose again. He took my poverty on his own body. I will not look at what I see because it doesn't look good. I refuse to look at what I see. I'm doing it exactly the way I looked like in the store. Eyes down, head down. I refuse to look at what I see. Jesus died for me. He bore my poverty. And I went upstairs. And I took out my equipment to do two little measly signs. Did I quit? No. I kept telling myself, I refuse to look at what this looks like. I refuse to look. Because the word of God is truth. The scripture cannot be broken. Jesus bore my poverty. And that's it. And I made those two little measly signs. Now, 
Yeah, I heard on the intercom. Kathy, would you pick up line one? No problem. Picked up line one. Said hello. It was the general manager of the store. He said, Kathy, would you come down and meet me in the produce department? Sure, no problem. Scampered on downstairs, took my clipboard, kept saying to myself, Jesus, for my poverty. I wouldn't think about anything else that day. Not one thing else was I going to think about except Jesus bore my poverty. He made me rich. I wasn't even totally thinking about what the manager was doing. I walked into the, the, the produce department. When I walked up to him and the produce manager, I knew right away that was one unhappy produce manager. Oh, was he unhappy. And I walked up to the manager's name was Bruce. I said, Bruce, what can I do for you? You know what Bruce told me? He said, Kathy, you see all these signs along this wall? I said, yes. He said, you see all these signs around these tables? I said, yes. He said, I want you to redo every one of them. And you will do every sign in this store from anybody, any department, from here on in. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. It took me hours, hours, hours to do those signs. I got the money I needed. Why? Why? I'll show you why. Turn to Romans 3. Romans 3, 7. For the truth of God that cannot be broken. For the truth of God has more abounded through my lie. That truth abounded through my lie. What was the lie? There were no signs. I didn't have any money. I was poor. That truth that I hung on to, that I had confidence in, that I relied on, that I trusted in, that I wouldn't let go, abounded through that lie and the power of God manifested and I got the signage I needed. My God is able to set me a table in the midst of my enemies. Fear had no hold. He anointed my head, my cup runneth over. My weakest hour, He restored my soul. The Lord is my shepherd, to what shall I never? Leaves me wherever the still waters flow. He'll bring us to Zion, where the lamb and the lion lay down in a place milk and honey shall flow. Day though I walk through the shadows of death, Know that I walk with me, thy rod and thy staff. Giving me comfort as he leads me on, guiding my steps along his righteous path. The Lord is my shepherd, to what shall I never? He leads me wherever the still waters flow. He'll bring us to Zion, where the Lamb and the Lion lay down in a place milk and honey shall grow. Goodness and mercy shall follow me surely all the days of my life from here evermore. For the shepherd doth lead me, and him will I follow. Forever I'll dwell in the house of the Lord. The Lord is my 
shepherd can watch shall I never leads me wherever the still waters flow He'll bring us to Zion where the lamb and the lion lay down in a place milk and honey shall grow He'll bring us to Zion where the lamb and the lion lay down in a place milk and honey shall grow Do you need anything from God? Anything? Well, I just showed you how to get it. Believe this gospel. Put your trust in what Jesus did for you on the cross, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and you shall be delivered. Until next time.